mentioned uh, India too. Served the Lord there, and uh, with physical, real some real physical disabilities, they press on with God. People like them always inspire me. You know, some people think, "Well, I've got too many problems." Well, they got problems too, but they keep serving God and doing God's will, and we're happy to let them share a little bit this morning. Thank you. And the Lord bless you, brother. We greet you in the name of Esu Christu. And as it says in the Bible, in the name of Tandri, the Father, Kumara, the Son, Parishuddha Atma, the Holy Spirit. You've heard this so, so many times. Matthew 28. <clears throat> 18, then Jesus came near, he needs to come near, and said to them, all authority has been given to me. I don't care what the different governments do or say or what laws they pass against Christianity or who prays against it or or arrests people like Brother Sam. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And everyone in this meeting today is doing that or helping others to do that. And so Russ will tell you some of the things that have been going on in India. Thank you so much for having us here today. It's such a blessing and a joy to come here every year. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many years we've been coming here now. I think it's four or five, but it's always been a great time of fellowship. It's such a loving and warm church, and we've always felt so accepted. Uh, And it's a great time to come here and sort of reset. Because, you know, after a certain amount of time, you kind of get run down, worn out a little bit. uh, not that I have that problem. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still going strong, and uh, I, I don't know what disability you're talking about. I, I, now I know Alice is getting older, but sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, I do want to thank you so much for this for this opportunity. Uh, thank you so much for your prayers. Um, you know, Napoleon once said that an army moves on its stomach. And I just wanted to make a, uh, a comparison with that and say that missionaries move on the prayers of the church. Without the prayers of people like you, we would be lost. I mean, we need so much that that's foundation of prayer to support us and to keep us going and to help strengthen us. So please, if, if you don't do anything else in your life, please pray for the missionaries here. We need it so much. Uh, also, uh, as is, as, as we're told in Acts chapter 15, uh, about Paul and Barnabas, how they went to Jerusalem and they reported to the church there about all the things that God had done. Well, uh, this morning and, and during this week, all the missionaries that have come here have come to report to you, to tell you about the great and awesome things that God is doing around the world. And He's doing a lot. 
He's working in mighty ways. And so I wanted to take some time to share with you uh, what God's been doing through our ministry. God's been doing an incredible work in the hearts and the lives of the people of India. I would like to just give you a brief example about a 12-year-old boy this past Christmas. He'd been having some terrible problems uh, when he'd be out in public, and he'd be just raised and caned. I mean, he would be having fits. He would be screaming and shouting and, and, and cursing, and, and they just his parents didn't know what to do with him. Well, one of our partners in Odisha uh, held a Christmas program in the village that he was in. And his parents, prior to that, had hired two sorcerers. There's a lot of witchcraft in that state. And they hired two sorcerers to come and try to, to get rid of what they believed was an evil spirit in this young boy. So they brought, nothing worked. They tried chants. They, they tried everything they could think of. So they brought this young boy to the Christmas program. And they listened to the words of the missionary. And at the end, they brought this boy up to the stage. And our partner, Bahit, he stood up in front of the crowd and he said, I want all of you to praise God, to pray for this young man, to ask that God would heal this boy. And immediately, the boy was healed. And because of the witness of this healing, many people in that village were saved that day. God is doing some great things. And I think that the world needs to know, the church needs to know what God is doing. You know, we get kind of discouraged sometimes. And I think these kind of things can really help us to to understand that God is not dead. He is alive and well. And he's working and moving. And the Holy Spirit is moving across the face of this earth. Since last November, the gospel has been proclaimed through the work that we are doing in 187 villages with 1,236 decisions and 72 new house churches. There's a lot going on out there. Incredibly, uh, God has given me a tremendous testimony because of my amputations. And it's really strange, but that is just, that is still going on where I'm getting opportunity after opportunity to speak to people and, and to proclaim the gospel because of what God has done in my life through these amputations. Because you go over there and they look at me and the first question in your mind is, what are you doing here? You know, this is a long way from home. The second thing in there, that the second question they have is, how do you do this? You know, where do you get your strength? You know, what? And, and I'm going, I'm glad you asked. I have an awesome God. A God who strengthens you and will walk along with you and will carry you when he needs to. And so it's, it's always been a great time. Now, of course, I have to say that, that the, the opportunities, uh, the, the attention that my legs bring don't always have a good ending. Uh, we were in the little village of Pitapur, and we had just finished up a Sunday service, and I was heading back to the apartment, and uh, I had a young lady who was, who was um, going along with me to make sure I didn't get lost, and we cut through a, an alleyway going back to the apartment, and these two boys came walking down, and I stopped, and because I saw the attention they were, they were giving me, you know, they're eyeing my legs, and I thought, oh, here's a great time, that, you know, a great opportunity to talk to them, and they walked up to me, and I said, hi, you know, I, uh, I see you notice my legs. Would you like to look at them? Because I usually like to pull up my pants leg and they want to touch and everything. So I thought, no big deal. It, it'll kind of uh, break the ice between us. So 
I lifted up my leg and I pulled my pants leg up and the young boys looked at my leg and all of a sudden they went, ah! And he went running down the alley and I went, whoa, what did I do? And the girl that was with me, she's just cracking up. She's laughing. I said, what in the world happened? She looked at me and she says, they thought you were a robot. They've been watching too many movies. Uh, also, another interesting thing has happened because of, of my testimony. I've had a request to put my testimony into a small booklet form so that it can be translated and passed around and used as part of a gospel presentation about the love of, and grace of God in, in, in a person's life and what he, you know, how he can work through you and through the situations in your life. And also to be handed out to uh, people in the church there as an encouragement. Because as you heard from the last speaker, it can be tough. It can be very tough. Um, the, every year it seems that there's more and more persecution in India. And we'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Although we're involved in a, a variety of ministries in India, uh, we dig freshwater wells, we distribute Bibles and gospel tracts, we hold gospel meetings. Uh, we've, last year we, we built a new medical clinic, a free medical clinic. I think one of the things that really uh, uh, touches my heart the most, and, and I think it, is what really got me started in this, that God used, was the children of India. I mean, they are truly the jewels of India. Uh, you go there and you look into those big brown eyes and you, you just, you know, how can I get a half dozen of these in my suitcase and bring them home? It's a tough thing to, to leave them. But we do quite a bit of children's ministry there. Uh, in the village of Pitapuram, which I had mentioned earlier, uh, we support a, a children's home called Gracious, Grace Children's Home, and there's 25 children there. Uh, they're there for a variety of reasons, none of them good. But it's an opportunity for us to impact the lives of these children, to, to help them grow in a safe environment, a healthy environment, uh, to have uh, uh, nutritious meals, to have clothes to wear, to get an education, but most importantly, to have an opportunity to learn about a loving father. And so uh, we, we, uh, we've just been so blessed to be able to work with this children's home there. Also, in Bangalore, which is way down south central, uh, where we also started the medical clinic, uh, we work with a, a program called the Nile Project. Now, there we have 75 children, five days a week. They get fed. They get two new sets of clothes every year. Um, we help them with schoolwork. And, of course, they get to hear about Jesus. And we meet their medical needs through the medical clinic that we started, which is also available to everyone else in the, in the community. Uh, we are now looking to, to expand the Nile Project to the local leper colony, which surprisingly is in downtown Bangalore. But it's funny because they put it up on the top of a huge hill. I mean, you can get up on top of this hill and you can see for miles around. Um, and, and trust me, there's exactly 50 steps going up. I counted them, every one of them. But it's, it's a tremendous opportunity. These kids, they have parents who got leprosy, but these kids don't have leprosy. But they are treated as if they did. So they have to have their own school and, uh, and whatever help that they can get from the outside. Because it's hard for them to even get work. But these children are the future of India. 
And if we can just raise up an, a, a, a generation of healthy, educated believers in Jesus Christ, then they can go back into their community and they can reach people for the, with the gospel in a far more effective way than we ever could. Because we don't have, they don't have to worry about the language. They already know the culture. It's an easy transition. Now, if, if you ever felt a desire to meet some of these children in person, we just happen to have a mission team going out just after the first of the year next January to do a vacation Bible school, and we would love to have you join us. And one last, well, one other thing, uh, August 2nd, Saturday, coming up in just, what, three weeks, I think, uh, at 6 p.m. at Hillcrest Baptist Church in the gym, we're going to have a fundraiser for the Jewels of India, raising funds for our children's ministry, and we would love to invite each and every one of you to come and join us. It's a free meal, and there'll be music, and uh, there'll even be some silent auction items there. Um, there's a poster out in the hallway if you'd like more information about it, or you can talk to myself or my wife. Um, and then finally, I have some prayer requests. Alice and I are getting a bit older, as I mentioned earlier. Well, actually, I just mentioned her, but I'm not far behind. Um, and I would just like to ask that you would pray that God would continue to grant us the strength and the ability to, to minister in his name in India. Our heart is there. Every time we leave there, we leave another piece of our heart. And I can't even imagine never going back. So please keep us in your prayers. I would also like to ask that you would pray uh, that God would provide that we can continue to distribute more Bibles. There's such a tremendous need for God's Word all over the world. Um, China, Southeast Asia, India. There just are not enough Bibles out there, and there's not enough people that can afford a Bible. And we need to see that they get God's Word. The next, please pray for the children. Pray for God's hand of protection around them. Also, Please pray that God will open more doors into the villages. There are hundreds, thousands of unreached villages in India that have never heard the gospel. Do you know, how many here are familiar with the Joshua Project? You know, they keep a listing of unreached people groups around the world. Did you know that they are still finding unreached people groups? Isn't that amazing? Is this job ever going to be done? I tell you, it's a big job, but we have a big God. But you know what? He gave us the assignment to go out there and tell these people about Jesus. Also, uh, as they go, as we go into the villages, please pray that God would show us a person of peace to help make the, open the way for us and to, to, uh, to smooth the way, so to speak. It can sometimes be difficult getting into a village. One of the easiest ways we've found so far is through children's ministry because they love anything that you do for their kids. Um, and finally, please pray for the nation of India. I don't know if any of you have noticed, uh, they just recently had elections and they have a new prime minister. Now, over the past few years, there's been a great deal of persecution in certain areas of India. Uh, in 2007, 2008, there was severe persecution in a couple of states, particularly Odisha, uh, formerly known as Orissa. Um, 120 people were killed. 50,000 were displaced from their homes. 13,000 people ended up in refugee, refugee shelters. 5,000 homes. 250 churches were destroyed. People were beat. 
because of the name of Jesus. And so I ask that you be praying for this nation. There's a particular party uh, that the prime, new prime minister is a member of, the BJP party. Uh, please don't ask me to pronounce the, the name. Uh, they're a nationalistic, strongly nationalistic party. And several of the states, there are six states that have anti-conversion laws. Three of those are actually run by the BJP party. And the anti-conversion law is an excuse to crack down on conversions on Christians. And they take advantage of it. So please keep them in your prayers. The situation has quieted down somewhat. But there are flare-ups. Puspanjali, her husband is a pastor. He traveled around and he preached the gospel at villages. He had a church that he worked hard and, and dis- discipled the members of that congregation. And then one night, a Hindu extremist ga- gang came to his home. They drug him out of his home, out into the street. And he knew he had an idea of what was coming. And he begged them, let me speak to my wife and my daughter just one last time. But they said, no. No. We've had enough of your Jesus. If your Jesus is so great, then you pray to him and see if he's going to save you. And they murdered him. They murdered him. And they threw his body in a river. One of our missionary partners has just recently gone to court this past Monday, in fact, because he preached in a village. They beat him. They destroyed his Bible. They took him to the police station. But praise God, God had a further purpose for him. And so he's back home now. They, surprisingly, the judge he went before came from a, a Christian family, which was unusual in, in and of itself. But we are thankful every day for what God is doing in India. But we need your prayers. We need your support. We need you to tell others. I just am so grateful for the opportunity that you've given me today. And, and I'll just say I'm looking forward to next year already. God bless you and thank you. Thank you.